0: Holy Jiminy Jellicas! Why start with Tim Burton's original Batman movie when you can jump straight to Joel Schumacher's absolute cinematic masterpiece, Batman Forever? This and more on the latest that song from that movie. Remember the Bat 2C? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dick! Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: you have to imagine Alex doing the uh, dance moves <laughs> I there. I
2: really don't want to. No, oh, you do.
0: Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your buffoonery-sanctioning host, Dietrich, and we're joined by, he's really quite bright, despite what people say, Alex.
1: Oh, wow. That's, I, I think that's a compliment. That's the first time I've had a compliment from you and a long time. I felt like we switched at some point, <laughs> and I was getting the bad ones, but I'll take it.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it Ben tight complaining. I'm not looking forward to this. And he's the Batman to Alex and mine's Robin, Ben. Yeah, I'll go with that.
2: Oh. Is it the Batnipple version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the bat Nipple.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> just the nip- left one, please. So it's been a while since we last recorded. So uh, when I asked this question, what have you been watching? Uh, it could be a lot of stuff. So what have you been watching?
1: Um, oh God, I can't remember when we actually last recorded. I watched to film, "The Portrait of the Lady on Fire," which was very good at one point. Um, that is a, a high,
2: f- that's a highbrow film.
1: Yeah, but it's the only film I can remember watching in the last like, six months that wasn't Toy Story one, two, three, um, or the, the the Padding Paddington one or Paddington two, which I've just been watching on repeat.
2: Very, very well. similar films. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I remember lots of lesbian undertones in in Paddington. Well, Paddington two, maybe, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, um,
0: the superior Paddington. They're both By very far. good. Oh yeah, they're both very good. Yeah, but still, Paddington
1: Two is fantastic. Obviously, some crossover with our today's episode with the Cole Kidman appearing in the first uh,
2: Paddington film. Do you already know what I've watched recently? Because I saw Spooderman at the cinema, which
0: was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I I thought it was good too. Alex, have you seen it? I have not seen it. I've
1: not I've not been to the cinema. I've been to the cinema once in the last three years. Yeah, that
2: was the first time I have been since Oh,
0: well, I saw Dune. Oh yeah, Dune Dune was. Dune. Yeah. In the past three weeks, Dune? I've been to the cinema three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seen Spider Man, saw the new Matrix movie, and I saw the new Kingsman movie. Okay. Give um, us
2: a give us a one word for all three.
0: What as in one word per film or one <laughs> word to some of all yes, three? No, yes, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, one yeah, word one, per one, film. One word per
0: film. <laughs> okay. Spider Man, fun. Matrix Resurrections, fun. <laughs> Kingsman oh sorry, the Kingsman. Eh. I thought you would say not fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's two words. I think we need. I think we need to get Diafrasoras for Christmas. Fun, okay. fun. Yeah. So to celebrate the release of some upcoming superhero movie or TV show, we are breaking down the songs of Batman Forever. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out, time for some history. Yes. It's history. Thank you for the reverb, Alex. We're going back to June
2: 1995, and it wasn't that interesting of a month. So I've decided to look at what other films were out at the time, because that always interests me. And it was quite... I don't know if it just... Every time I look, it looks like it was a good month. And I don't know if, if we looked back around this these times and the 2020s and stuff, we'd still think the same. But what do you think of these? So Apollo 13, good film. Fun. Judge Dredd, amazing film. Fun. Mm-hmm. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The film. The film, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad, <laughs> <laughs> Pocahontas, <laughs> yeah, great song. A film that we will definitely cover at some point, and then the greatest film ever, Hologram Man. Now <laughs> because... I don't know if you're aware of Hologram Man. <laughs> nope, nope. Okay, well I'm going to have to give you the uh, synopsis here. Are you ready? Are you? Are you buckled? Are you buckled in? Drink in hand. In yes. fact, no. Put the drink down because you're going to throw it. A mistake. Okay, five <laughs> years after the mad terrorist Slash Gallagher was sentenced to holographic stasis, he is given a parole hearing, but an equipment failure engineered by his cronies transforms the criminal into a living hologram with godlike powers. Now stopping him <laughs> is up to Code <laughs> to <Kurt laughs> Dakota. <laughs> The man who, as a police rookie, was responsible for arresting Gallagher in the first place. Now of that's course. decoder, not as the the state decoder is like oh, someone, decoder. someone who decodes things. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's terrible. Have you watched I've it? Please the, tell me. I've got it. I've got it on DVD. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've got it in my. They, made, they, they, they wait. They did a DVD release of this film. Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah. Arrow Video. I told you these. Uh, isn't right next to uh, Lords of Frog Town. And um what is that one? says? Frankenhooker. Yes. Uh, there were, oh, by the way, there was also a Baywatch Forbidden Paradise came out that month. Uh, the <laughs> cinematic version of Baywatch, which was the plot was the fun and romance is threatened when Matt is stung by a fish and captured by Hawaiian villagers.
0: Wasn't that the movie that was shot entirely in slow motion? And won <laughs> Pamela Anderson said her first Oscar. <laughs> it
2: probably was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like these films, you just there was lords. Seeker: A kickboxing champion is forced to fight cyborgs in a tournament when the company kidnaps his fiance. What, why? Aren't, why aren't these made anymore? <laughs> Hologram Man, Heat Seeker. I could do without Baywatch. But sorry, guys, the uh, the podcast is only downhill from here. So we'll move on to talking about what we're supposed to be talking about, which is Batman Forever. Uh, So yeah, for those uninitiated, Batman Forever is a 1995 American superhero film directed by the late Joel Schumacher and produced by Tim Burton and is the third instalment of the Warner Brothers' initial Batman film series. So this time we've got Val Kilmer in the... is this this Batnipple batman
1: yes this no. is oh is this not where well, he definitely has bat nipples in this
2: one. i think this one has bat nipples i don't think they're uh it's it's the cold that comes with dr freeze i think that really
0: sharpens the george clooney ones Clone Tang definitely has the famous bat nipples right, Okay.
2: so yeah we've got val kilmer replacing michael keaton as the bruce wayne batman alongside tommy lee jones jim carrey nicole kidman and let's not forget chris o'donnell most people do forget Chris O'Donnell.
0: <laughs> How could you? Let's be honest, that that is an absolutely stacked cast. <laughs> it is,
2: it is. Chris O'Donnell had a very weird like he was he felt like he was in everything. Like is he in Centre for Woman? Is that Chris O'Donnell?
1: Yeah. It, it is, is yeah, yeah, But that yeah. was before he was in this though.
2: Okay. Is is he in is he in Dead Poet Society or? I don't
1: know uh oh I don't think he, I don't know if he's in that. But he's definitely yeah. is in Senate Woman, which is similar films in some ways, both sound like
2: pretty preppy <laughs> yeah. campuses. It is, yeah. Batman, blind man, yeah. I'm okay, gonna take but... a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> <Hoo-wah>. <laughs> 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 what a crock! Oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you, have you seen a Woman? No. Oh, he's got a classic Actually, uh, slow, motion, uh, a slow motion, slow um, motion clap in a courtroom <laughs> scene. You know, when everything's silent and one person stands up and starts clapping.
1: But he also drives yeah. a Ferrari at one point. But he he's, does, blind. Yeah, he's
2: blind. <laughs> he's blind. <laughs> Only with Chris McDonald, guy I uh, directing Anyway. <laughs> Again, we're getting misdirected from Batman Forever, which is about Batman trying to stop Two-Face and the Riddler in their villainous schemes to extract confidential information from all the mines in Gotham City and use it to learn Batman's identity and bring the city under their control.
0: So, thoughts, guys? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of this movie. To the extent that I'm more than happy to proclaim on this podcast that it's the best big screen Batman movie so far, I guess. I guess it could be better in the future. Of all of them. Okay, so including the Nolan films, including the 1960s spin-off movie, <laughs> including the Justice League
2: I like League how that, thats triggered, Alex. Not anything to do with yeah. With well, the Nolan.
1: <laughs> can accept maybe that it might be better in some ways than Christopher Nolan, but not the 60s.
0: I mean, the scene what about
2: the, the animated movie. films? Uh, Cause the not including the those. Is a, is
0: that's fantastic. a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, and obviously Lego Batman, also Lego Batman. I, I will change it to best live-action Batman. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, basically for me, Batman Forever is the is the Batman movie that gets the tone and feel right across the entire board. Like Bruce Wayne's lack of emotion, the campiness, his relationship to Robin, Alfred feels like an actual old man <laughs> who just wants the best for Bruce. Who, who is than. Alfred
2: in this one? Was it again? Because I've just I've just rewatched them all. Old man.
1: It's, it's the guy who's in the Michael Keegan ones, and he's in this one, and he's in Batman and Robin? Oh, it's so just that Michael guy, King. yeah, yeah. I
2: know, I know, yeah, I know you mean. It's but but not, not Michael Keegan. I will not bury another Batman. <laughs> I will not bury another Batman. <laughs> <laughs> she was only six years old. <laughs> Some men just want to watch her up. But
0: anyway, continue, Sorry, just continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Alfred feels like an old man who just wants the best for Bruce, which is what he should be, rather than more of a rounded character like Michael Caine is. I don't want a round character. Um, <laughs> Gotham City feels like it's an actual place rather than just New York City, but also it's not as cartoony as like Batman and Robin, where there was like sort of multicolours just like splattered on walls. So, do you like the the first two Batman's, the Burton Batman's? Uh, I like the first one, and I'm okay on the second one. Okay. And this is probably the most important bit, especially for me as a child. It's easily, without question, any, I don't think it'll ever be, it's the best Batmobile of any Batman movie. I 100% agree. I've got that. Yeah, that it's, it's the best Batmobile. I, I've literally, right here, it's a cold, hard fact. It's, it's a cold, hard fact, <laughs> as Rafa Benitez
2: would say. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I had the toy version.
0: I had the toy version. Well. I don't know if it
2: was from a McDonald's or something like that, but I kept it for a long time.
0: I, I feel sorry for kids today that get like the, uh, what's it called, like the tumbler.
2: That's the worst.
0: That is the worst. Batman. it'll by like
1: miles. That tumble, and it's like it's just so boring. It's like essentially just a tank, and it's all like black.
0: Yeah, it's like somebody stepped on a Hummer.
1: Yeah, it's like where's the blue neon light? It's a real, yeah. Where's uh, the, the flames? Where's, 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 the, the, flames? Point? where's the, the 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 pointless like fins, like
2: shark fins?
1: Respect yeah. brackets.
2: <laughs> Did you? <laughs> um, were you aware of that the controversy <laughs> around the second Batman and McDonald's?
0: No. Nope, I'm assuming it was too dark.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I think because the film is really... Well, yeah, it's quite dark in points, the second one. Um, The tone of it didn't really match from what was in A Happy Meal to uh, what the film was like, so I think they wanted it to be a lot lighter so they could market it more to kids, hence why the film
0: is like this. (laughs) I think Tim Burton was getting too dark. Yeah, Um, shall I continue saying how great it is? If you want,
1: if you've got more
0: content. I love Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face, which, in my opinion, is a better aesthetically pleasing look and more believable looking Two-Face than the Dark Knight CGI mush face. <laughs> and it's got a more believable backstory, too, in this movie. What is it? But acid. Yeah, it's always acid.
2: Acid, acid. you gotta work for everything. You are always fall in a vat of something.
0: <laughs> a vat of eels. And a vat t- of eels,
1: electric. yeah, exactly what
2: that's not exactly what I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, was it, like, one of the people who he'd got? Convicted through acid in his Venice or something.
0: Yeah, it was in the courtroom, wasn't it's it? The
1: same, it's the same guy from... Cause,
0: like, he holds up like a piece of paper like, no! Ah!
1: Yeah, it's the same guy from The Dark Knight, though, isn't it? Harvey the, name, the No, as in the mafia guy who does the damage.
0: Oh, right, yeah, yeah, Kingpin. yeah. Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not <laughs> going to this.
2: Cartoon crossovers.
0: Uh, yeah, so Tommy Lee Jones is for an actor who we see is this grumpy, set-in-his-way old man who doesn't like fun. It's such a large performance from Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Just like the way he moves his face and his body, it's essentially only second to Jim Carrey himself,
2: who Tommy Lee Jones hated,
0: put, who puts in like a career performance. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He is good in this. He is very good. Essentially, this this character, his performance as Riddler uh, or Edward Dingmer is what so many movies have tried to replicate since this, like Guy Pearce's character in Iron Man Three, or. Jamie Foxx's Electro. That they're all trying to be this Riddler character and <laughs> this performance. Yeah. So uh, without going uh, any further, because I feel like I'm stepping on everyone's toes here, it's the best live-action Batman movie so far. Do
2: we remember what Tommy Lee Jones said to Jim Carrey?
0: Well, I did reference it in the intros. <laughs> oh, you did, didn't you?
2: <laughs> buff- Do you remember Alex?
1: <laughs> No, no, I don't. Actually, no, go on. Even if you reference it in the intros.
2: Go on, Ben. I cannot sanction your buffoonery. I cannot sanction <laughs> your buffoonery. It's that, now that sounds like Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's the grumpy man. But like when the camera started rolling, his performance was nothing like that. Yeah. Although I wish his Two Face character had said that. <laughs> yeah, he could have done. Alex,
1: I also love this film, but I don't think it's necessarily a good film. But I just really enjoyed watching it again. I just think it's like out of all of the Batman films, but also just like s- superhero films in general, especially nowadays. This is this one's just the most fun to watch because it's just like ridiculously chaotic and frenetic and and pre- and also like larger than life, stupid in a lot of ways. But that's what makes it so good. But also makes it watch yep. like a comic book film because I feel like they try almost to make it everything just fit into a real world almost now, and it's like where this is just like it's completely just its own. Crazed place of of like frantic energy where stuff is just happening constantly. Yep. So yeah, I just I just I just love it. I, put, I love the nineties Batmobile. Definitely my favorite one. Had a massive toy of it in uh, my house and it lit up as well, which was great. Um, the other thing I found about this film is like, it's not just Batman's like nipple suit, which because de- it was definitely the thing I know he does down, have this one. It, yeah, I've just looked it up. Yeah, it's, it's like one of the yeah. very, very yeah. first scenes is like a close up of the nipples. <laughs> but generally this film, like it's funny what you were saying about McDonald's, cause I just felt that this film was like essentially just like sex on real. Like it was just like, <laughs> everything about it's just bondage and a bit sexual. Yeah. So it's just like, it's weird that you said, it. cause like obviously the, the, the first two are a bit like that as well, but they're a bit more darker in terms of the story. Whereas this one, it's just like, there's that part in the middle where, there's just, like, Two-Face just has, like, two women, one of which is Drew Barrymore, which was, like, when I was watching, I was like, what's happening here? Because <laughs> uh, this <laughs> had been that long after E.T., like, how many years after E.T. is this, but anyway? Yeah,
2: and Drew Barrymore quite famously, I guess, was opened up to probably a lot more than a child should have been opened up to in Hollywood. Yeah,
1: well, that shows in this uh, film, because you can't
2: have been very old. And it's just,
1: like, why does Two-Face just have, like, essentially two, like... Like like an angel and devil, like, prostitutes, essentially, as well, I can assume what they are. And then all of a sudden, Edward Nigma takes one of them as well. (laughs) don't understand this plot line. But then, like, it's just it's all just a bit, like, creepy and, and, yeah, sexual, which which I thought was interesting.
2: Don't ask questions, Alex. Just eat your chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, so, as we were saying, this film moved on, or attempted to move on from the sort of dark, dystopian atmosphere Um, and it lent more on the comics and the TV show elements of the 60s. Wasn't as camp as, yeah, Batman and Robin would be, uh, but it was definitely on the way to being. Michael Keaton famously said um, initially when he was offered this, the script sucked. The script was never good. I couldn't understand why he wanted to do what he wanted to do. I knew it was in trouble when Joel Schumacher said, why does everything have to be so dark? (laughs) I mean, he's right. But then it goes too far in Batman and Robin. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I'm I'm of the opinion, like, I think I do think the Nolan ones are generally better. But the first Batman, I think it's the best of the original ones. And then I, I think it's, for me, it steadily goes downhill. I probably enjoy this one more, a lot, but I think it's going downhill. It falls off a cliff very quickly after this, but it's definitely going downhill. But yeah, the film received mixed views at the time. A lot of praise went to the set pieces and the design of everything. Uh, and the performances of Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. But there was a lot of criticism of the CGI, which is really poor. Like it I think it's one of those glass shattering moments. Maybe you can't think How of it, but when you go you. No, you go back and watch it, some of the like the almost like there's like transition shots through the city. It's it feels <laughs> like it feels like that thing. You remember when you used to go to the cinema and before the film started, there used to be that helicopter flying through the city. And it used to be playing <laughs> like a wailing guitar oh, yeah. music. Do you remember what I'm on about? Yes yeah so exactly that that's Gotham, <laughs> I mean I think you flew into like the cinema at the end uh, it's like being on some sort of like 4d roller coaster anyway, there was a lot of criticism for the CGI and people generally critics didn't like the tonal shift. I think because I guess the first two worked so well there was a lot of people wondering why such a big change um McDonald's that's why Mcdonald's
1: was were the first two directed by Joel Schumacher as well
2: No, the first two were directed by Tim Burton.
1: So he actually directed them, Tim Burton. I don't know whether he was yeah. just because he was producing a lot of films at the time, or something.
2: Yeah, he was. Well, he still he still produced this one because there was a lot of criticism that the second was was really dark, and I guess Batman historically had been a you know a kid, a teen, It's very lighthearted, so they wanted it to go back to that because it was hard to market. Mm. Um, but it was a box office success. Three hundred and thirty-six million worldwide became the sixth highest grossing uh, of the year. Which I don't know if that's a, an achievement. <laughs> it's
1: not really a claim for a film as big as this, is it? <laughs> it's always
2: written as like an achievement and I'm like, six?
1: Yeah. Um
0: Well it depends what the five before it. Well we know one was that hollow thing. Yeah. So what were the other four?
1: Well presumably Pokorn, this was probably one of them. <laughs> you mentioned uh,
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Heatseeker, Baywatch Forbidden Paradise, uh, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. There you go. Yeah, I mean, pretty, well then. it's hard to be. Wait, Hologram so the, Bay, the Baywatch film... <laughs> I'm joking, Alex, I'm just oh. kidding. you being serious. The <laughs> benefits of you not being able to see my face cracking up as I, <laughs> as I attempt to read my notes on Hologram Man, and I keep <laughs> seeing the red underlined because I've spelt Kurt Decoder wrong.
0: Decoder. keep it on the same theme of the decoder from whatever that film's called... <laughs> Hologram um, Man! I think Hologram Man... Uh, I think the the scene where Bruce Wayne is figuring out who Riddler is, is an all-time perfect movie scene. It is amazing. It uh, has incredible pacing, scripting, <laughs> and it has great character work between uh, Bruce and Alfred. I, I've got the uh, the quote here, if you want me to go through cool. it. Right?
1: I do. I do want you to. Oh, it's going to ruin my end uh, segment, because I was going to use it as my end quote, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, so, Bruce Wayne. Where five little items of everyday sort, you'll find us all in a tennis court. In. A-E-I-O-U. Vowels. Not entirely unclever, sir. But what do a clock, a match, chess pawns and vowels have in common? What do these riddles mean? Every riddle has a number in question, and they arrived at this order. Thirteen, one, eight and five. Thirteen, one, eight and five? What do they mean? Perhaps letters of the alphabet? (laughs) Of course. 13 is M A would be 1 would be A 8 would be H and 5 would be E M A H E perhaps 1 and 8 are 18 18 is R M R E how about Mr. E mystery another word for mystery enigma Mr. E enigma Edward enigma Stickley's suicide was obviously a computer generated forgery you really are quite bright, by what people say
2: I remember when I was watching the film, this was the part I was
0: looking forward to the most. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that last bit. Another name for Mystery Enigma. (laughs) Mr. Enigma. I always
1: thought, I always had it in my head that he actually went Mr. Enigma, Edward Enigma, the (laughs)
2: Riddler. There's something about, I think modern films have like gotten away from the sort of the problem solving almost like um, red string style because it's just all computerized now. Whereas back in, especially in the 80s and 90s, when films were trying to be more clever, they didn't know how to do it. Like I say, it always reminds me of Mission Impossible first one when he's trying to guess the password for the laptop and he can't, and he just looks, and there's a a picture above of the, like, what is it, the most secure, richest man going, and his password is the picture that's above his computer, and he just types it in, (laughs) it's like, boat, (laughs) no capitals or anything, no numbers, it's just the word, and he guesses it, like, the third time, (laughs)
1: Well, that's what that's what I love about this scene. Yeah, definitely. It's just like how quickly he solved it. It's like seems to make no sense, and then it, within two seconds it's solved, and he knows who the riddler is, as if it wasn't already obvious. I mean, because he's wearing the thinnest little mask anyway.
2: <laughs> so stupid. Uh. But also amazing. Yeah. First question, guys: Which famous, very famous musician lobbied to get the role of Enigma?
0: I'm going to guess Michael Jackson.
2: It was Michael Jackson, yes. Oh, I was going to say David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie, I think, would have worked. David Bowie Jack- would have been good, I think. Michael Jackson yeah, David Bowie just did. reminds Definitely me of him work. trying to get the uh, Agent M uh, in Men in Black <laughs> <laughs> Did he also want to be Spider-Man? Maybe he oh, just, he, knowing him, he probably just tried to do everything.
1: I thought that was Jose Mourinho.
2: <laughs>
0: that is a callback. <laughs> that is a callback. If <laughs> you'll listen to the, so, one of our Spider-Man episodes, if yeah. you uh, want to know what it means. If you wanna understand that bizarre reference.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the film had both its original score by Elliot Goldenthal and the soundtrack, which featured the songs we will discuss today. So Joel Schumacher, the director, reportedly wanted a more pop-based album to appeal to the masses, I guess. And despite all the adverts and commercials leading up to the film using the famous Danny Elfman Batman score, He wanted something different. He decided to go with this soundtrack with a lot more of well-known names. So there's five songs of the soundtrack featured in the movie, two of which we will go into detail. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2 and Kiss from a Rose by Seal. I also recommend, in your own time, listeners, going and listening to The Riddler by Method Man because it's, it's, it's a doozy. Um, I don't think it features it in the film, but it's 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 great. So yeah, the film soundtrack did pretty well, but it didn't reach the sale figures of Prince's original Batman soundtrack. So it will always be lesser. First song we're going to talk about today is "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" by You Two. So for those unaware of this band, uh, they are an Irish rock band, apparently called You mm. Two. Um, it was released as a single from the Batman Forever soundtrack on the 5th of June 1995 and it was a number one single in UK and in the home country of Ireland as well as seven other countries and it reached uh, number 16 in the US Billboard Hot 100, number one on the Billboard Album Rock Tracks and the Modern Rock Tracks charts. That is a mouthful. What do you think of this song guys?
1: So was this song
2: the the song? It for was this the film? song. Yes, it was officially yeah. the spo- Well, it was supposed to be the official song. Uh, unfortunately, the next song took off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I've ne- until until I heard it come on in the credits. because like, it, it came on like the first song in the credits, which made me think it must be the main song for the film. I feel like I'd never heard this song before in my life. What? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a YouTube fan by any <gasps> <A> stretch, <laughs> and I knew that you would realize that. But I'm I'm not really. But I mean, this song, what it did sound like was a soundtrack song for a 90s film. That is exactly <laughs> what it sounded like. And I kind of enjoyed it. It's nowhere near as good a song as the other one. <laughs> so I can see why the other song took off and this one didn't really. Although he said it got to number one, which surprised me a lot. But it was, yeah, it felt like, yeah, this is the kind of song that ended every action movie in the 90s. Except this time, it's sung by you two instead of someone you have
0: never heard of. <laughs> Gondy. So for me, the the best Batman movie has to have the best U two song. It's just a, a cool as. Have we sworn this episode yet? Uh, I, I yeah, probably. Okay, it's a cool as fuck song. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't, D. Uh. It's it's probably the only time U two released a song which which isn't designed to appeal to your parents. Like <laughs> it's not like beautiful day that's going to appear on like a top Gear album or now that's why I call driving down the motorway or a advert for a band or, or the championship. <laughs> really, really triggering me here. Yeah, I, I just love like the sort of like nineties vocoder vocals and the computerized guitar sound. You know, as in like the the noise, the the famous yeah, the famous <laughs> and the famous edge sound. Yeah, yeah. And, you, wait, um, it, what did you say? Can
2: I say? Can I say famous edge sound or do I have to say? famous The Edge sound.
0: Does he have the... the... Yeah, you have to say famous The Edge sound. Well, I did I did think you were saying, like, you think you know me, and yeah, right. I was like, I, I, is that in that song? <laughs> Spear! Um, so, yeah, so despite not having many examples th- I can think of, uh, when I think of this style, it just takes me back to the music of my youth. Uh, but seeing as I can't think of a single example, maybe that's one of, one of these fabricated memories, like a Mandela effect, yeah, where yeah, I feel yeah. like this is a very <laughs> 90s thing, but I can't think of any of a 90s song that d- uses it. Other than maybe share, believe? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you watch the music video for this one? I did, yes. Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, I think the music video is banging. (laughs) It's a very cool music video. Yeah, it's like they went, okay, you two, we want you to record a music video for your Batman movie song. And they went, what if instead of us performing, we just hire those guys that created the Burger King Kids Club (laughs) and just have (laughs) them do it? I don't
1: think I saw the same video. The one I saw was just like just clips from the film.
2: Oh, oh did it not have arm. like loads
0: of animation in it? No, animated Bono? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, Alex? We need. We almost need to pause. You might have to pause the pause? Can you there,
2: yeah. can you put it I'll on the side? Yeah, and you your phone yeah, your phone. I'll watch
0: yeah. it Keep going, D. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then the person in charge went, "Sure. Yeah, let's do that. But um, can we at least have uh, some generic footage from one of your one of your live tours and then just mashed it all together? <laughs> As Alex was about to see. We'll have to hear like his life thoughts as he sees it.
1: <laughs> we did that, didn't we, when I watched uh, that one from uh, Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is anime, but surely this can't be it.
2: Anime, or animated... <laughs> Uh well it's a because <laughs> if it's very anime it's probably some sort of like OVA like no it's anime channel. it's got like a yellow it's
1: like quite yellow there's bats flying around
2: I think does, I think does Bono die in it and then there's like the the Faustian character hanging over there's him. like
1: a character wearing like a yellow yeah coat. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah 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 yeah
2: there we go. That would that's be supposed up. to be Bono
1: that's supposed to be Bono <laughs> <laughs> where's his <the>
2: glasses <laughs> Oh yeah because the, the glass I think the glasses came late um so oh, yeah i think basically <laughs> we get, guys we're getting a live play by play
1: now you guys keep talking i'll keep watching
2: <laughs> so yeah basically d um similar to how you're saying you two were were incredibly successful especially in the early days but had gotten criticism that they well they didn't have that sort of star power so they decided to try and get a more anthemic sound that was kind of in their music, a bit like this, it is a big anthem, but they try to add more to their live performances, and U2 have become quite famous for their live performances now. Yeah. A lot of that involved, around this time, there was the Zoo TV tour, which was a U2 tour, in which Bono had various alter egos, uh, of which some of them are contained in this video, of which they have names. The White Duke. <laughs> no, one of them. Uh, Alex, the one, you know the one that looks a bit like the devil?
1: Yes. I'm seeing him.
2: Yeah, all. he's he's called McFister, oh,
1: Well, that's an unfortunate name.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also uh, Mirabel and The Fly. And apparently he would often come out. So, for example, Macphisto, he's wearing like a gold lamé suit, gold platform shoes. He'd put pale makeup on, lipstick, devil horns, and then keep going off stage and getting changed into these other characters for his songs. <laughs> It gave them a different, uh, I want to say different edge, but that's not (laughs) a pun. (laughs) The edge, a different edge.
1: (laughs) Is this this video just like the same video on repeat several times?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah.
2: Uh, Animation animation was limited back then. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, But yeah, he, he said the song is about being in a rock band and being a star, and that's definitely what they wanted. I think the glasses came around this time. I think he's got a, an actual sort of difficulty with his eyes. Gla- glaucoma. Is it, is it glaucoma?
1: Yeah. Is that what it is? It's got something, isn't it? That's why they're the weird coloured lenses. Yeah. Like Edgar yeah.
2: Davids. Like Edgar Davids, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the glasses do appear in this, actually, but not the coloured ones, just the big black ones.
2: Shades. Yeah. Well, I think they're all related to these characters. So, yeah, they were trying to build this bigger sound, this bigger image. I think they were asked to make this song for the film. It was originally planned that Joel Schumacher was going to create a cameo role for Bono as <laughs> McFisto in oh, Batman ow. Forever as this character. Unfortunately, they both agreed <laughs> that it was not suitable for the film. But as a replacement idea, they decided to make the song. So I think there was a time when you were you were contracting you two to be in the film and not to do anything musically with the film um <laughs> so it was very much a damn i can't be in the film all right here's a song
0: the Edward enigma
2: oh, yeah, i mean it could have worked yeah the the edgewood enigma <laughs> um but yeah um the <laughs> the song was nominated for a golden globe award for best original song it lost to what do we think it lost to of this year alex And "Colors of the Wind." Colors of the Wind. Very good from Pocahontas. Uh, It also received a Grammy Award nomination for Best. (laughs) I can't even say I hate the Grammys. It also received a Grammy Award nomination for Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal and Best Rock Song. Oh yeah, and it only uh, it was only nominated, didn't win. It also received a Golden Raspberry Award D. Did it for Worst Original Song? Yep. Not "Colors of the Wind."
1: It, no, because that won an Oscar <laughs> for Best Original
2: Song. So, uh, it received a Golden Raspberry nomination. It lost to uh, Walk Into the Wind from Showgirls. Was that this year? know it didn't even fit into my uh, summary of all the films that came out. I guess I did put a lot of time into Hollow Man.
1: So wait, is, is McPhisto Batman then? Because I feel like at the end of the video, <laughs> him and Batman are trading places.
2: Well, at least listening to Bono in interviews and that one South Back episode, I imagine Bono thought he came up with a very original idea and he didn't realise he was speaking to the director of Batman. (laughs) Because it does seem like there's a lot of similarities. (laughs) Um, I've got nothing else to say on this one, guys. Let's move on to the Far Superior song. (laughs) Okay, so we're moving on to the Far Superior song. According to at least two members of this podcast, we will await the third. So yeah, the other song we're discussing is Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Uh, Not The Seal, just Seal. Um, (laughs) So Kiss from a Rose is a song that was on Seal's second eponymous album. It was first released as a single in 1994, so before the film. And it was... In fact, included on a different film before this. Do we know what film that is?
0: Dangerous Liaisons.
2: No, you're never going to guess it. Go. Um, never Ending Story 3. <laughs> oh, okay. Weird, it didn't take off. It was re-released a year later in 1995 as part of the Batman Forever film soundtrack. It wasn't given much time. I'm trying to think, Dee, because i am not actually made the know of this. Where Does it f- feature in the film? Uh, I don't think um, it does. I, I think remember, it's a credit actually. song. It didn't feature sure the
1: actual you, film from my memory
2: when I watched it. I'm, I'm pretty like sure it's basically. a credit song. Yeah. But it got a huge response. So before we go into that, Alex, I'm going to postpone your words around this song.
0: <laughs> as I'm curious, leaning into my microphone.
2: D, what do you think?
0: I don't know why you're so worried. Like, we've had the best Batman movie, the best U2 song. So it's only right we have the best song of all time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. good, good. Uh, no, the, the the best Seal good. song. Everyone's oh. bringing their A game for this movie.
2: Best, the best Seal. I mean, no offense to Seal. There's, there's not. It's not swimming of competitions. like an Well, it's I don't good. know. We've,
1: all, yeah, we've already had a song by Seal feature in this podcast. Yeah.
2: Yes, it's a very good song. And also, I was amazing. amazing. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's it's haunting, beautiful, heartfelt. <laughs> okay, Name, Do I need name, to go name three be-
2: more. Be- name three more songs. Name three more songs.
0: What go by after. by Seal or just any songs? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <In three laughs> well, I mean obviously The, solita- songs, the <laughs> Solitary Brother I can't, I can't
1: really remember
0: any of this yeah. You
2: can't remember what the song's called It's not called Solitary Brother I know
1: but you know the song
0: It's called
2: Killer Yeah Oh
0: yeah. Go on D Carry on Delayed vocals It's just perfect I mean do I need to go on Oh god yeah He can melt butter I want to know How does he perform it live Because I assume he's doing I mean, All the parts
1: maybe he does (laughs) you know he has like one of those loop machines so he like starts off singing a bit and then it comes in with the next
2: like I said, I will reiterate what we said on the Space Jam episode there's compilations of famous musicians, surprising street performers in New York and places (laughs) like this and there's like like five or six of them and about 80% is (laughs) Seal I don't know if he's just walking around New York finding people singing his songs, but he's just always there getting involved
1: it's funny you say that because because uh, I was after we did that episode where you mentioned that like a few weeks later I was watching like a it was like a concert for Joni Mitchell or something where like lots of people were doing the songs and <laughs> Seal just walks on and performs uh, both sides now and he's just like love you Joni like they've been best friends forever <laughs> like where did Seal come from?
2: were you even invited on Seal <laughs> yeah well, this is it like where does he appear from
0: I think we would be letting okay. our audience down by not attempting to do the layered vocal backing track ourselves because there's, <laughs> oh, there's three parts blurred, yeah. and we're, okay. we're Is yeah there's three three parts of that opening bit and we're not in the same room we're... so it's going to sound hideous, fantastic hideous us all trying to do it at the same time i don't know which bits we'd be doing though i just I've written I just them do... down Ba-da, so there's there's the yeah okay, there's go- the lower badia then there's the okay okay there's also an ah that's it, that bit. <laughs> yeah, that, so I already written down that Alex will take that bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'll, do you, you, I'll go, you do the I'll lower, main low. you do lower body and I'll do the bab-ba. But I'll I'll count in so, so you two know when to start at the same God. time.
2: And you know what? I'm gonna I'm going to take my headphones off so I can't hear you guys. <laughs> that seems fair. So are we all going at the same time?
0: I'll count down. The, I'll go one, two, and on three, start. Go on. Okay, one, two, three. I took my headphones off, did it sound amazing? yeah, it was it was perfect. So obviously because we're doing this online via Zoom, it's gonna be a big delay. So I'll put the edited version on now.
2: Is it just gonna be the sealed version?
0: Yeah, beautiful. We're gonna get copyright struck for that one.
2: It's just Alex's got Alex's got a voice like a hot knife through butter. Not there, I didn't. I was I was I was just too pop But on a Saturday on a Saturday morning as well, I've not warmed up my vocals.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I need to like a lemon and honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, Alex, what do you think?
1: It's a great song, isn't it? like there's, there's, I don't, I don't know what you can say. Like every time you hear it, it's just like you get something new from it. Like we talked about the vocal harmony and that opening bit, but there's that part that like comes in, of so I guess like a pre-chorus where it's just like singing different elements of the song o- overlaid and overdubbed, and it's just like it's just magical. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's almost like he's got a shouting whisper. Yeah, like the, it's that when he says that the baby bit, it's. I don't know, They're just the the delivery of it. It sounds like he's really putting effort in, but it's still quite
0: soft and melodic. I've got a question for you guys. When you sing this on karaoke, do you try to do all the layers at the same time? Like you go, I've been kissed by you, Russ. Yeah, yeah, I would do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely try and do that. Again. Hopefully we'll be able to go to karaoke again one day because I've got many good memories of you guys doing this. <laughs> Maybe not this song. <laughs>
1: I used to think there's like a line in verse two where I really didn't know what he said. It's that part where it's like,
2: to me, you're like a growing addiction. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I still don't have a clue what he said. But,
1: but I was like, what did he say? least that's what he does say. To me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. But I was like, I swear he says the word dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: yeah, the song topped the charts in the US and Australia. Uh, It reached top 10 in several other countries, including Canada, France, Iceland, and Norway. Uh, I don't actually know how it did in this country, but at the 1996 Grammy Awards, it won Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. Bit different to being nominated for Best Rock Performance by a duo or group with vocals. It's a shame the Grammys don't mean anything. (laughs) Uh, It's not a shame they don't mean anything. It's absolutely fine that they don't mean anything. I think Seal would disagree. Uh, Well, you know, he's got a lot of other things going for him, such as this podcast praising him. I imagine this will go on his mantle first. Um, Can can, can we sell some NFTs? Do they work? Yeah, (laughs) Just our voice on replay. So yeah, originally, Seal did not like the song. He wrote it in 1987, so several years prior to the release of his debut album in 1991. But after he wrote the song, he said he felt embarrassed by it. Oh, and apparently he was he hated it so much that he just threw the tape of it in the corner uh i'm imagining quite a soft throw if you if it's gone in the corner it's <laughs> just like a kind of a i'm i'm not i'm <laughs> not mad keen so wall, i'm just going to like toss it into the corner rather than i just threw it at the wall or anything like that
1: so some reason in my head what i've got is like him sitting sat in a back chair with like a glass of brandy like <laughs> head in in the other hand and then he just like yeah, just like smashes it against the wall.
2: That's that's what I've got
1: in my head. There's like a roaring fire. <laughs> <I don't
2: know. laughs> yeah, that's how he writes his songs. <laughs> I think it was quite different to the final release. He's, um, <laughs> his producer at the time, um, Seal said, uh, to be honest, I was never really proud of the song. Though after my producer, after what he did with the recording, he turned that tape from my corner, <laughs> I eventually mean the- my corner in his room, to an eight million record sales, and my name became a household name. I mean, it's easy when your name is Seal. <laughs> I think that helps. Um, it's very easy to go in the brain. But yes, I'm also imagining here a <laughs> record producer going into the room he's recording, going into the corner, picking up the tape and just being, I'll do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> it was the second single taken from the Batman Forever film soundtrack after the U2 song. And it was it was only number one for one week in the US in August 1995 um it reached number four in the uk singles charts but it was it had a long lasting effect and still to this day i think like you say it does feel like it's a big karaoke song D. I know the yeah. community episode always sticks out in my mind when jeff's <laughs> singing it with the dean but it was also nominated for the mtv movie award for best song from a movie in 1996 D, do you want to go on to talk about because a big part of that was the video
0: Okay, yeah. Well, the video is perfection. (laughs) The unbuttoned silk shirt with a wind machine—it's exactly what a movie music video should be. Over-the-top performance in a location, sort of linked to where the movie is, with random clips. Does that happen any? Does that happen anymore? I feel that's quite rare. Yeah, I don't think I can't even think of the last music video I saw that was actually for a movie. I
2: feel like the song for the Fast and the Furious one. The what's his name, Charlie Puth? Is that? Oh, and Wiz Khalifa. Is that like on? Is that like yeah, and Wiz Khalifa, Is that the one where it's like it's on the road when they're driving at the end? Yeah, well, it's just like a dusty road somewhere. It's like, I don't think yeah, it's just yeah, dusty road, <laughs> so kind of kind of somewhat related. But yeah, yeah, this one he's actually like in front of the bat signal, isn't he? Yeah,
1: I, I can, I can. Is it? It's a, it's a hero from Spider Man. That's really similar, isn't it? Because that's like on top of like the building with the wall cooler. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like, but that's day a and night, night versions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably inspired by. this, no doubt. <laughs>
2: It might have been a slightly different video if Seal did not have the uh, the physique he does have, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or oh, he adopted for a cotton shirt rather than a silk shirt.
2: <laughs> uh, for what Alex was saying about how actually sexualized this film is, I'm just imagining some kids just watching this video as well. It's just adding to it. It's layers upon layers.
1: I think what makes it, what it make, makes it actually Nipples worse is everywhere. Like, yeah, well, that. But also, it, you could misconstrue the silk shirt as actually Batman's cape. Like, it looks <laughs> like he's, like, wrapped up in Batman's I think
2: Maybe I maybe that's an intentional. Yeah, maybe it is.
1: Yeah, I think it probably is. Because there's plenty of shots in the video of, like, Batman's cape, cape, like, whooshing in the wind and stuff. So I think genuinely is intention. The only other thing that I wanted to mention about the video was there's, there's a part where Chris O'Donnell, like, steals the Batmobile in the film. I don't know if you remember that bit. And um, he ends yes, up fighting, yeah. like, a, like, lots of street thugs who are, <laughs> yeah. like, dressed in, like, tribal paints and stuff. It's quite random. But, like, he just, like, makes out with this random woman. And that part, they felt, was worth putting in the video. <laughs> it's like <"What's> <laughs> It's like such a minor
0: thing that happens to the film. I'm like, no, we got to include this. <laughs> it's like they're going, this isn't your granddad's Robin.
1: He- he's a ladies' man. <laughs> he rides motorcycles and
0: wears denim jackets. And apparently he's 17 years old when Chris O'Donnell was probably in his mid-30s. Yeah. <laughs> It probably was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, he's an orphan. He has to go live with Bruce Wayne. He's like, he's literally a grown man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the classic thing, isn't it? In America, that they get rid of around um, like child labour laws. Because like, a- every high school film in America, they're all like 30. Yeah. I remember as a kid thinking, like, what? <laughs> These like 16-year-olds, when they're on like the, the football team, would be like, sort of like 160 pounds. Just pure muscle. And it's like, wait, he's 11?
0: (laughs) Top five.
2: So, as we realised, Dee and Alex don't know anything about Seal. Um, They don't know how many songs Seal has. Uh, And so saying that this is his best song uh, is hard to do (laughs) when you don't
0: know much. It doesn't hold much weight. (laughs) It
2: doesn't hold much weight. However, we, whether we like them or not, we all... Uh, very much used to U2 being plagued into our lives. Um, and so D says, this is the best U2 songs. But I want to know, what is the public's favourite or most played U2 song? So I've gone on Spotify and I've found what the top five <laughs> most played U2 songs, because they get a lot of plays. For example, the number one most played U2 song has 652 million plays. And and half of those are my dad. <laughs> uh, so what are the five most played U2 songs on Spotify? Um, with or without you, number one. In Yes, with or without you is number one. Alex, well done. Okay. Uh, beautiful day. Number four. You should be able to get these. Come on, guys. Um, Big U2 fans. One. One. Number two. Oh, what? That's yeah. That kind of annoys me. Um, Vertigo. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> it's
0: never going to be there.
1: Oh, God. I can't remember the name of it is. The one where it's just like. It's, uh... The Sweeties thing. That's a good song, though. I think that, actually that's probably my favourite U2 song. But I bet it's not in the top five. I'm thinking
0: of the one, I think it's on the Joshua Tree, the one. See, uh, see it's closet U2 fan.
2: <laughs> well, I know it's a famous. Album. Looking at his
0: albums on the I believe it was on the re release of the Joshua Tree.
2: <laughs> Alex is looking in the mirror at his back tattoo with the uh, U2 1995 tour.
1: Did they have a song called Bloody Monday, or am I making that
0: uh, Well... Oh, Sunday, Blue, Sunday. Bloody, Bloody Sunday. That's the one. Bloody thinking, Mondays.
2: Yeah. That sounds like the, uh, <laughs> the, Alan uh, the Alan Partridge joke that he makes, where he's <laughs> like, God, don't you just hate Sundays, you know? You gotta get the kids up, get ready for school. And it's actually about a very serious atrocity in Ireland. Uh, one more, guys. <laughs> one more.
0: Elevation. No. That was a good song. So you got with or without you
2: one. Oh, I still yes, haven't found out. what I'm
1: looking for. That's the
2: one. Still thinking.
0: haven't found what I'm looking for at number three. Well done, guys! You got an actual top five. I like how we knew not to go for the song in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not the best song, It is the best song. It isn't. Well, it's because it, it's the one that sounds least like you two.
2: The one, I bet the one that we all had on our phones at some point was the one that they forcefully put on our phones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was forced onto my. IPod. I actually don't think it was forced onto mine. I don't think I actually I got it on mine. I'd really because you had one. a zoom. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> Right, so now it's time to decide what is the best song from Batman Forever. Is that what we're I doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, what else would it be? <laughs> song or film, I suppose, but there's two songs in there. There's two songs. Yeah. Either way, So the answer. Uh, so, Alex, what is the best song from Batman Forever? <laughs>
1: it's Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> by is it The I Riddler it. by Method Man? <laughs> no. But it sounds so worse, the, Who's
0: it? the best Robin,
2: Alex? Who's the best Robin?
1: Yeah. Um... Is this a joke? <laughs> no, I wish it was. <laughs> The singer, the Swedish pop singer, yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, if that
1: was it, it should be her. Um, Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees.
2: (laughs) I liked where your brain was going.
0: What did you go for, Ben?
2: Dick Grayson. Oh, right, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) I've gone different levels.
0: You're not going to pick a song?
2: It's Seal. The U2 song's not bad at all, but this is like, we're talking like top tier.
1: I think that's it, yeah. The U2 song was fine, even I would admit
2: that. I bet it still gets snubbed by... uh, Rolling Stones top five hundred songs of all time. Both of them get snubbed. Both but seal was not in that list. I have I doubted. <laughs> judging by then. <laughs> Although to be fair, they updated it last year and it is uh, uh shall we say different. Um, because I've often thought because I've often thought when I'm thinking of the greatest songs of all time the greatest songs of all time like yes I'd put Missy Elliott in the top 10 wait what?
0: <laughs> well, get you freak on
2: it is get your freak on I mean, not, I'm not saying it's a bad well, song, yeah, that, it's, that, a song. Yeah, that, that, it's a good song It deserves to be yeah it's a good song it's a good song but it's not top 10 of all time it's an
0: influential song as well I don't know
2: Ben we'll talk about this more next time
0: so that brings us into another episode of that song from that movie let us know which one you think is better Ben what is our Twitter handle? at TSFTMPod Okay, so you can help the podcast by sharing this. One of the places you can share it is on a random subreddit. Alex, what should the random subreddit be?
1: Um, Edge Adam Copeland.
0: <laughs> you can also help us by leaving us a five-star review, which you can now do on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, literally just scroll up and you can hit the five-star. You don't have to write a review either. You can help us by buying merch or a bit going on our Patreon. But it's time for some goodbye. So it's goodbye from myself, goodbye, and goodbye from Alex.
1: Mystery. Mr. Enigma, <laughs> Mr.
0: Edward Enigma, that song from that movie. <laughs> oh, that should—that should have been a sign-off. Uh, goodbye, from Ben.
2: <laughs> I can't beat that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.
2: Yeah,
0: nice, Alex.
1: The only other quote that I could find that was funny was like, they wouldn't allow me at a children's picnic or <laughs> something like that. <laughs>